Oh, we praise you. We give you glory. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for each other, Lord. We thank you for this new year, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for a fresh start. Lord, you're the God of fresh starts. You're the God who, who always is there waiting, longing to forgive, to uh, bring a, a fresh anointing, a fresh fire, a fresh word, Lord, fresh manna, fresh food, just like you did with the Israelites in the wilderness, Lord. Every morning when they went out, there was fresh manna on the ground for them, fresh to make fresh bread, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, when they needed water, when they were thirsty. Uh, Lord, you brought water from the rock and there was fresh water, not just for all of them and for all of their children, all their families, but even for all of their livestock, all of their, their animals, Lord. You're, you're concerned and you have taken care of every portion of our lives, Lord. Uh, you said, Lord, all the work of our hands is blessed. Uh, when we know you and when we obey you and when we abide in your secret place, in your, in your dwelling place, Lord, and when you dwell inside of us. Oh, Lord, we thank you and we praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you, Jesus. And, Lord, we just take up a position today of humility before you in the name of Jesus. We just humble ourselves uh, before you under your mighty hand. You said, Lord, whoever humbles himself, uh, that God would lift us up, Lord. And Father, we ask you to forgive us for the times when we've looked to man for approval or looked to man for, for uh, answering our needs or being our provider, Lord. We ask you to forgive us in the name of Jesus. And as we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, that you not only lift us up, Lord, but that you bring to us everything that we need, Lord, pertaining to life and godliness in Jesus' name. You've already given your son. You gave everything you had. You've given us the gift of righteousness. You've given us the free gift of salvation. And Lord, we just rejoice today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of coming before you, Lord, into your presence. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us, Lord. And like Richard prayed, Lord, that you would fill this house, not just this sanctuary, but each one of us in our lives, Lord, that you would fill us to overflowing with the knowledge of your goodness, of your glory, that you would shine out through us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We praise you, Jesus. And Lord, we just take authority in the name of Jesus over that coronavirus, over the fear of it, Lord, over all of the symptoms of uh, that, that, you know, that are, are frightening people, Lord. Uh, oh, God, we just pray today, Lord, for a hedge of protection around people, that they, would, that they would look to you, Lord, and that they would cry out to you. In Jesus' name, we plead the precious blood of Jesus around all of us, our households, our families, our children, our extended families, Lord, uh, and all of our church family and their households. We plead the precious blood of Jesus around each one, Lord, and we thank you for your strong ministering angels guarding and protecting us, uh, lifting us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the power and the blood of Jesus preserving us and protecting us uh, from that virus or from any pestilence or plague, Lord. Jesus, you've given us authority over Satan, over his snakes and his scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And you said nothing shall by any means hurt us, Lord. And we just praise you and thank you today, Lord, for giving us a greater depth of understanding of who we are in Christ, of the authority that we have, that we are your children, Lord. 
and, and Father, the children of the king never cower down. Lord, they are the princes and the princesses. Uh, they carry the mantle of the authority of the kingdom upon them. And that's who we are. Oh God, we, we just praise you and we thank you today for a fresh awakening in, in your saints, uh, Lord. In the, in the members of the churches, Lord, all around this nation, all around the world, as, as they meet today and congregate together to worship your name and to lift up the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for a fresh outpouring, Lord, of a depth of understanding of who we are in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you for that sweet anointing, Lord, falling here today in the name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. When I walked through the door, I sensed God's presence. And I knew this is the place his love abounds. For we are his temple, Jehovah God, he abides here. And we are standing. In his presence on holy ground, we are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. Jesus, you are holy, Lord. 
Oh God, we thank you, Lord. Let us tune in and hear what's going on in heaven today. Jesus, you prayed uh, for God's will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I thank you. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no coronavirus in heaven. There is no cancer. There is no disease in heaven. There is no addictions. There is no problems or struggles. There is no mental anguish or anxiety or torment in heaven. There is no strife or discord, or unforgiveness, or bitterness in heaven. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us heaven's mindset. We already have the mind of Christ, but Lord, so much of what we're going through every day is influencing us and dragging us down to earth's way of doing things. Oh God, you cried out to John, and you said, come up higher. You cried to your apostles uh, in Mark chapter can't remember which chapter it is again now. I think it's Mark 6. You cried to your apostles, come away with me and rest a while. And you said in Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight, come to me all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come and learn from me for I am humble and meek or lowly in heart. And I, you know, that doesn't mean that he's weak. It means he's humble. There's a difference between being a person who's humble and a person who's, you know, uh, kind of got a false humility or got pride and, and, and thinks that they're weak. You know, Jesus, let's have a look at that actually to start with today, Lord. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11. <coughs> In uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 it is. Actually, we could read it from 25. Will we read it? Well, I don't know about reading it together, but anyway, if you're, if you're, if you're up to it. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it's good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, there's a correlation between humility and rest. And it's what Jesus walked in all the time. Uh, you know, he, he, he rested. But the reason he was able to rest is because he humbled himself constantly. He went away every night to be alone with the Father. And, you know, every time he mentioned the Father, he gave glory to his name. He, he honored the Father, uh, even up to the point of death, when he went into the garden and he said, Lord, if there's any hope or any chance that, that there could be another way, but not my will, but your will be done. He constantly humbled himself under authority. And it's something that we see a lack of in our society, where we see constant rebellion to authority. And the reason we see rebellion to authority is because there's rebellion to God's word. 
And, and that's what's wrong, is people have taken away and taken God's word out of their lives, out of their homes, out of, you know, out of society. Uh, it's, it's been uh, poo-pad as, as something that's, uh, you know, uh, against this or that or the other thing. And it's not. But the thing is, is God is holy and he is righteous. And it's the thing that Jesus came to give us. He came to reunite us and reconcile us back to the Father. But in doing so, he had to give us the gift of righteousness. That's why he had to take our sins. Because somebody had to deal with the sin. And nobody can come into the presence of God uh, unrighteous or, or you know, sinful. And so something had to be done in order to bring righteousness or to bring right standing with God, holiness, to the people. And so God saw that there was no other way. So he came down himself and he gave himself so that we could be brought back into right relationship with the Father. And it's the reason that our society has totally derailed and diverted uh, you know, from it's it's where we see now they're calling things like Isaiah prophesied prophesied in Isaiah chapter twenty. They will call what is evil good and what is good evil. It, things have been just totally turned on their heads, and and this is the spirit of the world, the spirit of the antichrist. And we have to be very careful in keeping up the shield of faith. And, and, you know, maintaining our posture of humility just as Jesus did. Do you not think that Jesus, you know, would have loved to have gone over and given some of them, you know, fellas a clatter who were, uh, you know, who were inside in the, in the temple and who were wronging the people? Do you not think he would have loved to clatter him? But he didn't. He kicked over the tables. <laughs> but he, he refrained and, and restrained himself from getting offended at, at the ones who were doing this. Uh, he said, you know, the only thing he said when he was um, at his trials, uh, where they said, you know, like, if you're the son of God, you know, tell us, like, or are you, are you the king of the Jews? What's the story like? And he never answered them. But the one thing he did say, you know, was, I could call 12 legions of angels from my father and they would deliver me. But he didn't do that. He chose instead to go through with the plan that God had. But he couldn't have done that without his times of, of knowing who he was from, from his times of, of prayer and, and humbling himself before the Father. And it's something that I see, you know, that where Christians are being attacked left, right and center. Uh, people are being attacked who, who have a heart for the Lord. You know, they may know nothing about the Bible, but they, they really honor God and, 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 you know, they love God and his, and his world and his creation. They haven't yet come to know him personally. And, and they're being uh, attacked left, right and center and sideswiped and taken out. Uh, you know, the enemy is, is, is trying to still capture people. And Jesus said he came. What does, let's have a look at it in Isaiah chapter, thir, um, Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. This was prophesied about Jesus and he later spoke it out himself in Luke chapter 4 when he came back from the wilderness from fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, when he was weak and low. And 
This is when the enemy attacks people, is when they're weak, when they're low, when they're struggling. It's why being in church is so vital. It's why being, you know, attached to the vine is so vital. Because if there's any kind of detachment uh, from the vine, uh, and I'm not saying now, you know, I know that because of the, the vast distances that people have to travel here, I'm not, you know, but, but there is being joined together. And, and we are, you know, we do have Zoom meetings and do recordings and podcasts and all that and I do feel that we, uh, maybe in the in the coming weeks and months, that we will have a a, a Zoom intercession session as well. Um, but anyway, let's read this here in in Isaiah chapter sixty one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. You know the Lord has called you a tree or an oak of righteousness. He has given you the righteousness and and this is where we have to um, understand as well that we can never make ourselves holy. We can never make ourselves right with God through our own devices or our own good works. Yes, of course we are to do good works because they show the faith that we have in God. But our righteousness comes from him. And what that righteousness causes us to do is it causes us to stand up tall and strong. It causes us, you know, I, I read there recently that, that um, oak trees, their roots can go so far down. Uh, they can go so far out for even miles. They set their roots out. That's why oak trees can last years and years and decades and decades and generations. There's oak trees that are blowing muckras that people back in the, the 1800s were looking at those same trees. And we're still looking at them today. Imagine that. That's because of where their roots are. Because they're strong. Because they're adjoined you know, to their nourishment, to the food and the water they need. And... Um, Jesus came, you know, to set the captives free. The enemy's tactic is to go around killing, stealing and destroying as many lives as he can. um, And how he does this is he captures people. You know, he he captures them in in different um, problems, different struggles, maybe maybe anxiety, uh, maybe uh, addictions of different kinds, secret kind of things, maybe things from the past, abuse. Um, And you see, the thing is, is that when anything is a secret, when anything is covered up and hidden away, it never stays that way. And unfortunately, it will come up again and manifest in some area. And that's why we need to bring those things to the Lord, bring them to the cross and deal with them. Um, He captures people in in unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, you often hear there uh, when something terrible happens, and it just makes me so sad. 
when you'd read maybe an interview with the family after and, and sometimes you'll see and, and you'll hear people like that man whose daughter was killed above an Oma and I can't remember his name now but I remember his face and him being on the television and he was crying and crying and his daughter, you know, I think she was their only daughter, their only child and she was killed in that Oma bomb and he's, what was his name? Wilson. Wilson, very good Fergal. Uh, that's right, that Wilson man. And, and he said, I want to say that I forgive you. I forgive you. And like, my God, that man is, he, I, I think he, he went on to go around all over the world. People wanted him to come and speak, to minister, you know, from one simple, one simple thing. Hmm? They made him a senator. Did they? Made him a senator really? They made him a senator. Yeah, because, uh, you know, but... Other times then you'll hear of, of things that happen and, and you'll hear family members on and they'll say, as long as I live, I'll never forgive them. I hope they burn in hell. You know, and you can hear the hatred and the, and the actual vitriol inside of them. And God, that, it just makes me so sad because, you know, that's bondage. That's that person being captured by the enemy and put into a prison. And the thing is, is that that prisoner mentality, it, it's like a cancer. In fact, Timothy, Paul wrote to Timothy, and again in um, uh, Titus or Jude, I can't remember which one, I think it's Jude, uh, and he said, this kind of thing, it spreads like a cancer. And, and you see, that's what, you know, many people who battle with cancer, you know, you have to go back to the roots and, and, and look and see is there unforgiveness or bitterness? And so many people have been delivered and healed instantly and set free because of releasing forgiveness. But so many others, you know, they don't, they don't ever get to hear it. And all we can hope for is, you know, that they repent. But um, this is the thing, is that the enemy tries to keep people captive. And uh, we've been on a... a, a with a, a prayer uh, as a group on, on Zoom. And um, it's just been such a blessing. Um, and, and if you'd like the link, uh, ask me afterwards and I'll send it to you. Uh, just for people, ordinary people like you and me, all over this nation, um, mostly in Cork actually, but I'm sure there are many other Zoom groups like this who are meeting online to pray. These people have been praying faithfully every day for the last, I think it's almost 14 months, from 6 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock in the morning, every day, praying for Ireland, praying for our people, praying for our leaders, praying for, you know, every man, woman and child in this nation. And um, the thing is, is that, you know, oftentimes what happens as well in the church or with the enemy is that he captures us to get us to be you know, only looking at ourselves. And, and this, um, since I have gone on to this Zoom group, you know, it has really opened my eyes that this is what Jesus called us to do. He called us to stand in the gap and intercede. It's what he's doing for us in heaven. It says that um, Jesus ascended into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then it goes on in Hebrews to tell us that he, as our high priest, he lives to intercede for us. He is all day long interceding because the enemy, you know, he's called the accuser of the brethren. 
And the enemy accuses people. It's why you have to be, you know, very careful about listening to, to accusations or, or condemnation. That is not of the Lord. That is of the devil. And make no bones about it. Uh, because let's have a look at it in Revelation chapter, um, Revelation chapter 12. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord. And we take authority over every religious spirit, Lord, uh, that it will be coming against us today. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus against every fiery dart, every attack of the enemy, every spirit of Pharisee, every spirit of witchcraft or sorcery. I command bound in Jesus' name today. And I command, Father God, the word of God to go out here, Lord, uh, by the power of your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In, in Revelation chapter 12, it's talking about the church, um, the woman and the child and the dragon. You know, uh, this is talking about the church. And in verse 7, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And you see, that's the thing. Like we said earlier on, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We must constantly remind ourselves what, you know, if, if we're faced in a situation, if it's a situation of fear or a situation of, of strife or a situation of lack or, or difficulties wherever, you know, at work or something, you've got to question yourself and stop for a second and say, okay, hang on a minute. Does this kind of thing, you know, go on in heaven? No, it doesn't. Right. Well, then I'm not receiving it, Lord. And I thank you. You did not give me a spirit of fear. There is no fear in heaven. Lord, I am a citizen of heaven. I'm an ambassador of heaven. This, I may be living here on this earth, but this earth is not my home. And I am on a journey through this earth to steward what you've put inside of me and what you have uh, brought alongside me, Lord. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. This is the enemy. And I, I see you, devil. You know, this is why it's so important that we pray, Lord, shine your glory light. Remember, we, we looked there last week or the week before about how the face of Jesus, you know, his face is radiant. Uh, Light radiates from God. In fact, it says in heaven that there's no sun and there's no moon there because they don't, they're not needed because the light comes from God and from the Lamb. And so many people who've had interactions and encounters with Jesus, you know, they're, they're like Moses um, uh, and like in Psalm 34 where it says their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed and it's like with Moses, when he met with the Lord face to face, his face shone and radiated. Um, in fact, where we were just a while ago in Isaiah chapter 61, in Isaiah 60, it calls the church people, the ones who would believe in God and believe in Jesus, his son, to arise and shine. You know, so we are to shine and radiate his glory. And so, uh, you know, that light when, when we pray, Lord, will you shine your glory light on this situation and show me exactly what's going on here? God always answers and confirms his word. When you go to the word, he will show you exactly what, what you've been asking him. And so, you know, there is no sin. There, the devil, there was no place. That's what it says. The great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called devil and the Satan, called de the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. There was no place found for them in heaven any longer. He was cast to the earth 
and his angels were cast with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Why? For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. And this is what we are seeing every day played out before our eyes. Uh, You know, there are people who are living in homes uh, with with such difficulties, such struggles. And uh, there are people who are going into workplaces every day and they're being bullied and intimidated. There are churches where it's going on. There are it doesn't matter, you know, there are children going into schools, they're being picked on, there are people who are uh, behind closed doors, criticizing, condemning, judging people, you know, tearing them down. That is not the kingdom of God. And you know, this new year, we're, we're, like I said earlier on, this is a fresh start. And you know, God is a builder. He is one who builds up. The devil is one who tears down. And we need to, to, you know, identify and, and, uh, you know, kind of um, re- recalibrate uh, our lives or refocus the lens to see because sometimes the lens can get out of and, and get all distorted. If you're looking through a camera lens and you see a little bird and then you, or, or, or binoculars and you zoom in on them, uh, you know, and, and you get to see them perfectly. But if you, if you turn that lens a little bit, it goes all blurry and out of focus. And this is how the enemy operates. He's, a, he's a, a cunning, never forget, he's a serpent. He took on the form of a serpent in the garden. So he's very cunning and sly. He operates in the darkness. We had a great meeting on Thursday night on Zoom uh, and, and here. And, uh, you know, we, we spoke about that at length. It was really insightful. But um, praise the Lord. Okay. Like I said, Jesus went away and he prayed. He talked to the Lord. Uh, he, he ministered to him. He studied the word of God. He prayed out the word of God. He asked God, what is your plan? He rested. You know, there were times, I'm sure, where Jesus went away to be with, with the Father and he said nothing at all. He just remained silent. Remember Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. This is another thing the enemy does is he tries to work us up and get us to feel like we must be doing something all the time. You know, I, I should be praying. Oh God, I should. And, and this is something he batters Christians over the head with, myself included, a lot. I, I used to battle with it massively in the past. Pastor Joe used to constantly correct me on it. I say, oh God, I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading the word of God enough. He said, who do you think is telling you that? And, and you know, this is the thing. Of course, like there are days, you know, where, where we, we have fallen down and we need to get up again. Um, let's have a look at that in, in Proverbs chapter 24.
Um, Proverbs 24 and verse 15 and 16. Will we read it together, 15 and 16 and 17? Do not lie in wait, O wicked men, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displeases him, and he turn his wrath away from him. You see... That's how the enemy works, is he gets people to uh, almost rejoice when something bad happens to somebody who, you know, and they say, well, by God, it was welcoming to them. They well deserved it. Well, that's not how God sees it. <laughs> he is that, that loving father longing and waiting for his children to come back. He is the one who extends mercy. You know, I was just thinking of that earlier on. His mercy extends to the heavens, the word of God tells us. God is so merciful. We have to be very careful about bringing judgment down on people. But the thing is, is we also have to be very careful about bringing judgment on ourselves and condemning ourselves. Um, Paul made it clear, you know, when he taught about the Lord's Supper there, he said, examine yourselves. That's what the Lord's Supper, what breaking bread is about. Do we mess up? Of course we do. Every single day. <laughs> Several times a day. But the thing is, is that we can come to the Lord. The Lord knows our heart. I'm not talking about willfully sinning, saying, well, I'm going to do it anyway because I can always repent after. Oh, you know, you better watch your step there. Fairly lively. But, you know, on the whole, most people, the Lord knows what their heart is. And he knows that your heart is for him. He knows that the enemy has come in and tried to cause maybe some kind of pain or hurt or turmoil or trouble or distractions or whatever uh, to try and snare you and capture you and, and bring you away and put you into a prison. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to bring freedom. And so when we examine ourselves and, and break the bread and, and take the cup and understand what Jesus was doing on the cross, what we're doing, and we examine ourselves and say, Father, forgive me, Lord, for, you know, whatever. Or, you know, maybe, let's say, there's a, a, an incident at home and somebody you know, does something or says something that aggravates you and you react in anger and whatever, you know, a big bust-up happens and afterwards then, you know, you can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you say, oh, Father, forgive me. I, you know, why did I say that, Lord? You know, of course, he annoyed me or she annoyed me or whatever, Lord. I, I ask you to forgive me and I, I cry out for mercy. You see, that's the heart of the Father and this is one of the reasons why the Lord called David a man after my own heart. Because David was quick to repent. And so, you know, I would encourage you with that. Don't beat yourself over the head. Um, every day is a fresh day, a fresh start with the Lord. It says that, let's have a look at it, you know, because it's easier to look at the word. Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. I don't know whether we looked at this a few weeks ago. I know I put it into the word of victory. I think it was going out this week's one. Um, Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, we love your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord. Your word is a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. Your word, Lord, is the, the way that uh, the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding even to us, uh, 
simple people. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Um, Lamentations 3. And verse 22 to 25, 26, eh? Lamentations is right after Jeremiah. In fact, I think Jeremiah might have written it. And right before Ezekiel. Through the Lord, uh, so that's Lamentations 3, 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there's always references there to rest we read it as well in in um, proverbs 24 um that when the wicked come against the righteous in their resting place you see god wants us to understand that where we are in christ we are in a place of rest ephesians chapter 1 tells us that we are seated in the heavenly places alongside jesus because of what his blood did for us nothing got to do with any great um, attributes we might have ourselves or, or great things we've done or whatever their works and no one can be saved by works we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ his blood his death and his resurrection but the thing is is that because of what he did for us he made the way for us to be reconciled and re reconnected back to the father and brought into this place of rest and so that's what I'm saying to you. When you want to spend time with the Lord, you know, put on some worship music uh, or do nothing at all. Just sit there and say, Lord, I'm here to spend some time with you. Sit down with a cup of tea or a glass of something and uh, say, Lord, you know, go out for a cycle, go out for a walk. Say, Lord, will you come with me? Will you talk to me? Let me hear your voice. His mercies are fresh and new every morning and he wants us to be the same. His compassions fail not, fail not. Great is his faithfulness. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you because, oh God, because of your great mercies, we are not consumed. Because your compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And I ask you to help me and help all of us to remember that, Father, that you're the God of fresh starts. And Lord, it's not that we, we wantonly sin or, or you know, uh, do it on purpose but Lord that you know there are times where we do fall down and what happens is the enemy comes in straight away to bring condemnation upon us and you see when somebody feels condemned they don't feel right with God when somebody is listening to the lies of the enemy saying you'll never look what you did do you not remember what you did you know and then what they'll do then is they'll put somebody else in front of you, a sister super spiritual or, or you know, uh, this great man of God. And you say, oh my God, why can't I be like them? You know, and what, what's that doing? It's separating you and isolating you away from the Lord. And you keep going with that and many people have. And what's happened is, is that they have been severed from the vine. What happens to something... A branch, well, they, they look okay now, but if you want to look at uh, some of the branches lower down on that, 
they've been removed from their food source, from their water source, and they're dead. I can tell you that because I picked up a load of them off the ground. You know, you go out and you look at any, when you go and doing your gardening and your weeding and you, you break off all those dead branches, um, or the maybe even good branches, but you need, you want the plant to fill out fuller, so you, you go and you prune some of the, the branches. You leave those branches there for a few days and you come back and see them, they're dead and withered. That's what happens when, uh, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants to remove you. He goes after the weakest ones in the pack. He goes after, uh, you know, when you're tired, when you're low. That's when he'll come with those accusations and condemnations. He'll come at you then. And you have to be on guard. That's what the shield of faith is for, to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. The fiery darts are not just words coming from other people. They are attacks by the enemy to try and derail you, take the legs from under you, get you to feel worthless and to feel, uh, you know, not right with God, and then get you to, to wither and die somewhere. And then that's another one, ticked off his list. Like we said on Thursday night, the devil should shake when you open your eyes in the morning and say to each other, she's awake, he's awake, oh, get out of here. Because of the power and the authority that's inside of you. Jesus said, I give you all authority. He has given us authority. But what the enemy does is he beats people down over the head so that they feel completely weak and helpless. And, and we forget that we have the authority. And so it's easier not to bother saying anything and just go away and feel miserable. But for the one who will turn around and face the enemy and say, I see what you're doing, devil. Father, I ask you to shine your glory light into that situation right now. I see exactly what's going on there. Lord, I thank you for exposing those things that have been hidden. I thank you for showing me that. If you need to repent about something, repent. If it's something that you need to release forgiveness to somebody, release it. And then turn around and tell the devil, you take your hands off this situation right now. You're an illegal operator. You've already been defeated. Jesus wiped out the whole handwriting. Let's look at it in Colossians chapter 3 or 2, I think. The book of Colossians. You need to see these scriptures because you need to be reminded constantly. All of us do. There's nobody who has it all together. There's nobody who knows it all. And don't ever think that, you know, just because I'm up here uh, teaching the word of God that I know it all. I do not. And I'll be the first person to tell you that. But praise God. We all need to be refreshed and reminded. God's mercies are new every day. In uh, Colossians chapter 2, the book of Colossians, it's only three chapters long. It is just, oh, it's so beautiful. And if you're looking it up online, you know, and go into Bible Gateway and then click on the version, you know, there's all these different versions. There's the King James, the New King James and all that. But if you click on the NLT, the New Living, it's just got such a beautiful um Translation. It's kind of more of a contemporary English. But um, anyway, for now, let's just read it here together. In Colossians 2. Um, 
Verse, let's read it from verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That it there is the cross. He triumphant, triumphed over them by the cross, by what he did. Because you see, it also says in, in, in Corinthians that they would have, the devil would never have crucified Jesus if he knew what was happening. I don't know if any of you have ever watched Narnia. Um, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, wrote those books. Um, and uh, I love the first um, Narnia movie. It's called The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I really recommend it. it it's... Well, I don't know. Some people might get it. Maybe, maybe it takes... A, I suppose we've watched it so many times. But in one scene, it really shows this, what Jesus did here. You know, by his death, he triumphed over the devil. Um, in the movie, Aslan is the lion. And he takes the place of the boy, Edmund, who has sinned and made a mistake that betrayed his family to the... Who, the white witch in the movie who was representing the devil. And um, Aslan the lion, without saying anything to anybody, meets with the, the one representing the devil and offers himself. And so goes and gives his life for the boy. Um, and this is what Jesus did. Um, but afterwards... Aslan, the lion, was raised from the dead. And the, re and he, the way he explained it, the way C.S. Lewis wrote this, he said, you know, uh, the white witch doesn't know everything. She doesn't know that anyone who dies on the, the stone table that was representing the cross, uh, who has not sinned, death cannot hold them. And that's what happened with Jesus. You see, the fact that Jesus had never sinned, he was completely righteous his blood was perfect. He never sinned. And so when he was crucified and when he went into the tomb, death could not hold him. And so he went into hell and he defeated the devil. He took back the keys 
that the devil had received from Adam and he, he you know, took back the authority that Adam had handed over to the devil and he defeated sin and death because then God raised him from the death, from the dead because he had committed no sin. And this is what he did in verse 14. He wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us because he gave his life for us. He was the one who paid the ransom that was due for every man, woman and child who ever lived. And listen friends, the cross is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. There's no distance in the spirit. God is the God of yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And so he sees you in your past, he sees you now and he sees you in your future. He sees, you know, everything about you. He knows what he's put inside of you. And the devil knows that God has a plan for your life. And the devil knows that the minute that you grasp the understanding that you are totally right with God and that God has a plan to use you and that he has given you that authority to carry out his will on this earth, the devil knows he is in trouble. And that's why he does his best to capture and captivate people, lock them up, tie them up in all kinds of problems and in all kinds of, you know, bad character or whatever. And what we need to do is understand that you have to stop condemning yourself. You have to stop seeing yourself as not right with God. You need to start seeing yourself in that secret place. And a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream. And uh, uh, I told, uh, I don't want to be naming names now because this is recorded, but you were in the dream. And uh, you got into the car. And, you know, a car represents a ministry uh, or a life in dreams. And we drove off to go up a mountain, um, up into, like, highlands almost. And when I got up there, there was... uh, like a, a shed for all the world and there was a padlock on it and I said I never brought the key <laughs> I didn't realise there was a key needed and I, I rang back for my husband to come and bring the key but anyway later on there was a meeting going on up there and um, it was like we were in a cave I thought we were in a cave or something and I saw people walking up and I was saying, no, the meeting's not out there, it's in here. And when I lifted, I lifted up the, the whatever canopy was over us, it was a wing. It was in the secret place of the Most High God, Psalm 91. That was a very profound dream. And, you know, the thing is, is that as we abide in his presence, come away with him, come up higher, spend time with him, listen to him. And make sure that it's him we're listening to and not the enemy. Both for ourselves and for other people. And start taking our authority that we have been given. In uh, Luke chapter 10, 19. Let's finish there. Hallelujah. Tell people dreams, Rose. I had a bit of a testimony of a dream as well. Yeah. About a week, over a week ago, and um, 
it's like, uh, you know, the way they say you wake or you dream before you wake up or whatever, but I had this dream, it was, I suppose, like an attack from the devil or whatever for a couple of days, and it was just, I was finding it hard to pray, and, you know. You're not alone there. Hands <laughs> 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 up. Do you know, when you go through a couple of days like that, where you kind of find it hard to pray, and if you were thinking that there was something coming against you, yeah. I'd come in. So anyway, lo and behold, anyway, I suppose we went through all maybe three or four or five days, and uh, then on the Sunday night, I suppose, I had this dream, and in, in the dream, like you, I was in a car, right, and I was driving along, and I was telling this to Meg, and she was saying, was I in the car? <laughs> so I don't know whether you were or not, but anyway, I was driving along in this car, and it, I was at the end, just really enjoying this drive, but every signpost that I passed, the number on it was 1382. 1382. So every signpost I passed, this 1382, 1382. So 1382 came up every time on the journey. And we were driving on and driving on. So anyway, I woke up. And when I woke up, I still had the 1382. So I got a bar and I wrote down 1382. So I was thinking to myself then, 1382. So <laughs> I just got my Bible. Yeah. And it's in my Bible. Um, 1382 is. Hebrews 11, um, 6. It starts at Hebrews 11, 6. Oh, the, yeah. And it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. Mm. And all the way down on that page in my Bible, in 1382, is everything about by faith Noah, Amen. by faith Abraham, uh, by faith, Sarah, and all that happens. Praise God. That's mighty. <laughs> Great testimony. Thank yeah. you, Martina. Praise God. Yeah, you see, the Lord does, he does speak to us, and, and uh, you know, he does speak in dreams uh, to people. He, he promised that in, in the book of Acts and Joel. And the thing is, is that um, very often he speaks in dreams because it's a time when our minds are quiet. And, you know, that he can actually get through and penetrate and speak something to us. And um, like I say, any time you dream about a vehicle, that's a, a symbolic of a ministry. And, um, you know... Uh, so just explaining, like, you know, I suppose you've had gone through the few days of not having faith and not being able to, you know... Having your faith tested. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So and so he brought you to the chapter on faith. Yeah, it continued to tell Praise you God. everything that happened through yeah. faith. Amen. And, and that all of those people in the chapter on faith in, in yeah. Hebrews 11, they all went through hard things like yeah. and, and difficult situations. And it says many of them didn't even see the full uh, you know, breakthrough that the Lord had promised them. It came in later generations. Right, yeah. So, um, praise God. amazing, the first one was like by faith with Noah. Yeah. Like, that he had the faith that like, when the Lord taught him to build this ark. I yeah. mean, when you tell someone to do something like that, that he just had the faith to go on. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. Because, um, like, you know, Jesus is our ark today. And, you know, just in the same way that they laughed at Noah and they mocked him. And, and you know, we do find that. And we find it often in our own households uh, or our extended families, you know, where, where they're, they don't want to know about the Lord. But the thing is, is that we need to keep standing. Because that's what faith is. You know, faith sees those things. I think it says that. Will you just read that in... Um, now faith is, is it for verse 1 in, in Hebrews 11? Uh, Hebrews 11, yeah. It's, um, faith 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, there's there's things that uh, are going on, say even with family members or like I said, in, in your workplace perhaps, or in your finances or whatever, where it looks like there's no hope or that nothing is ever going to change. But the thing is, is God has given you the authority to start speaking uh, faith over those situations, start speaking his word. And, and that's what Luke ten nineteen says there, is Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he has given us the authority, and it's up to us to open our mouths and speak forth his word. And, you know, you might see nothing change, but I, I know that... Um, Another lady had a dream there last year that way, and it was that um, there was like this big, huge body of water, like a dam. And she said it looked like there was nothing happening. But the next thing, there was just one little trickle, one little hole appeared in the wall. And she said, you know, the hole started to get bigger, and, and the water started flowing. And then all of a sudden, without any warning, the whole wall of the dam broke down and the water spilled out. And, you know, this is for, for many people who have struggled long and hard, whatever the situation is, you know. And, and there's no family, no household, especially anyone who's standing for the Lord, who hasn't been attacked or, or, or gone through terrible, you know, uh, situations or, or long-term terrible things. You know, you just hear such heartbreaking stories of, of things that people have endured but the thing is is that like Martina read will you read that again verse 6 uh, God rewards but, but, uh, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him Amen. and God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and that reward comes in the the um, manifest way of that he always confirms his word with signs following and what he has promised he will carry out he is faithful we read it there his faithfulness endures forever and he is faithful he watches over his word to see that it is performed and it doesn't matter it's the enemy who's telling you it's never going to work out and the thing is is that there is a position we need to take up and it's a position of humility of you know i mean the thing is is that nowadays we hear uh, so many Christians mouthing off or, or, or people mouthing off in the world. You see such pride, you know, and, and they celebrate pride. And, you know, what's celebrated in the kingdom of God is humility. And the thing is, is as we prostrate ourselves and bow before him and, and, and humbly come before him and, and, you know, call out those things that are bothering us, call out those things we're struggling with uh, and, and bring them to him and then go to his word and allow him to change me, Lord, and, and help me to deal with this. Help me to overcome it. Show me how to speak out your word over that situation, to proclaim what you have said and not what the enemy is saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.